Hello and welcome to the Stuff I Heard podcast. This is your host, Joshua Peak. Hey, and today happens to be uh, Saturday, May the 25th, and I have a special guest today. Um, I work with this guy, and I've known him for quite a while. His name is uh, Jan. Say hello. Hello. Good hey. morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad to have you, man. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about you know, your journey. I, I'm fascinated by you. I was talking about that this morning a little bit, and, and you and I have talked about this before, but um, I'm fascinated by the fact that you, you know, grew up on a different part of the world and 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 sort of ended up here. Yeah, and, so the the whole deal was I, I grew up playing ice hockey back home in, in uh, back then, Czechoslovakia. I was, um, I was born in 76, and uh, um, you know, the country split up later on in 92, but it's a different story. I was after the um, uh, East Bloc went down the communist regime and that I actually um, witnessed and lived through. That I was uh, 12 years old, and I remember a, a quite a bit of it. But um, I ended up in, in the United States um, thanks to playing ice hockey, being drafted by a um, junior team out of Detroit, Michigan, and... Um, I left my home when I was 18, 19 years old, and uh, I never went back except summers and stuff. Wow. You know, and and one of the things that, to me, one of the things that's always fascinated me is the fact that, you know, as a kid, you know, in the 70s, when you went to school and stuff, they would say, oh, we got to prepare for this, you know, possibility of a (laughs) nuclear strike, and come on, kids, let's get in the hallway and and put a book over your head, and so, you know, and, and you think, why, how would that help? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so, um, Gas masks and and drills uh, were at least twice or three times a year at schools, and we had to basically um, <clears throat> had a drill that day. It was announced, and then we came, we went to school, and then there was a, a bell, and we had to uh, get up, and we had assigned areas for each class in the basement of the school. Mm. And uh, part of the drill was we had to get a gas mask and. Uh, uh, alcohol swipes, swaps, and 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 clean the mask, and then make sure it fits, and then we would have it over our necks in a little baggie, and we would march down to the basement of the school, and we stood there for a while, and once everybody was situated, and then the drill was over, and we'd done it. It's funny you brought it up because um, you know that's the part I kind of don't think about anymore and forget, but obviously I remember quite a bit of all of it. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, and, and back then, I mean. We were taught that, you know, the, there was a real possibility that Russia could launch nuclear weapons at us at any time. And you guys were right next to Russia. And matter of fact, you know, Russia pretty much controlled you guys, right? Yes, sir. Um, so, um, you know, we we were part of my country was liberated by um, the Russian army, which was from the east up to the a city of Prague that was still a little bit liberated by um, the Russian army, Red Army. But um, my, my city, Pilsen, Czech Republic, was liberated by uh, U.S. Army, uh, General Patton. And uh, so there's a few statues and thank you, America, uh, uh, memorials in, in my country. And we, we it was May 5th, and um, we celebrate every year. We actually have a U.S. Army jazz band come and play in the square. Um, there's a lot of uh, groups that actually kept the old vehicles because U.S. Army, when the world, uh, world War II ended, they left all their equipment. Wow. They just left it, and, and people took it, and some of them uh, kept it up, and, and they have a, actually a U.S. Army parade because we have a U.S. Army um, a club that actually uh, keeps up with the equipment and keeps it um, running and nice, and they do the little bit parade, some parades through the town on, on May 5th to commemorate the liberation of, of my city. 
So when they did that, I mean, they, they left the equipment or whatever. They, they helped liberate you. But also, I would, I would imagine that, you know, for another, what, 30 years, Russia still kind of controlled you, even though you sort of celebrated yeah. an American you know, victory of helping you guys. You're still, like, with KGB around watching you. and Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, so the, this is so difficult because um, when, I, when I grew up and went to school during the time when we did those drills and the Cold War era and all that, I mean, I, I had teachers at school telling us that my city was liberated by the Russians. Mm-hmm. And I could never understand that as a kid because um, I had uh, uh, stories from my grandma and grandpa and pictures of them with uh, American tanks and, and soldiers. And matter of fact, um, my um, mom's side of the family actually adapted a soldier. Um, his name was Keith Harris. What happened, they, they, these, these guys came on the tanks and liberated my city and then obviously uh, had camps and in uh, headquarters in my town as a, as a town that took and liberated. And um, these people uh, love them so much that they actually adapted and let them stay at their homes. Uh, so they will have to just report for, uh, for duty, uh, whatever they had to do during the day. But they would come back instead of to tents and camps. They would stay at, 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 with the families of the, of the Czechs. And my family adapted a soldier. His name was Keith Harris. He was from Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, he kept up with my family. Wanted to wanted to actually marry my grandma's sister, but she was Ooh. already do- dating her uh, later husband then and um it was very interesting i got pictures i got stories i got letters from him um and and he he's been in our family history his name was keith harris i i truly uh cherish this actually shout out to keith harris if you're out there listening yeah, yeah for sure he <laughs> I, I i believe he he died later on in north oh. korea oh wow that's as far as goes what we know about him well if anybody of his family's out there know that jan is still here and still thinking about him yeah for sure um but yeah wow that's that's incredible and, you know and i i don't know anything about what it was like and 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 you know i heard your stories from before you know about your dad owning a restaurant and you know how he was told that they wanted him to be friendly to the people from the east but also not too friendly and i it was <laughs> it's kind of a weird you know position of like we want you to have tourists in here to spend money but also you know, don't get any wise ideas kind of deal. Yeah, so um, my dad was put in a kind of a um, weird or, or sensi- sensitive position because he was a boss of a restaurant that was part of the uh, Pilsner Urquell Brewery, which is the famous beer, in, uh, you know, from my country and my city. And um, that, so you could go on the tours through the brewery and then you would end up eating at the restaurant my dad actually ran. And... Um, you had, um, you know, we as a East Bloc country or communist country, we couldn't travel to any uh, Western country. So we could go to East Germany, Poland, um, Romania, Bulgaria. That was kind of our um, horizons when it comes down to vacations or, or have a chance to go even to any uh, seas or beaches. And um, But um, they had a lot of tourists coming from West Germany and, and other countries that were Western. And... Um, um, my dad had to really watch if he, if he, how he communicated or, or interacted with those people because he was constantly watched by the STB, which was the uh, Czech version of the KGB Secret okay. Service, and um, 
I love spending time at my dad's place in the restaurant because I just always like restaurants and the business. And um, you ever put you to work? Um, no, no. I, I kind of well. I, I mean, I helped a little bit to the waiters in the back, kind of like a little stuff. But uh, I'm more, more just hanged out and talked to his people that would come through, and and uh, I, I, you know, the staff was friendly, and and um, so you know, it was. It was just difficult times when it comes down to it because um, you had these Western people come in trying to be friendly and find out who you are, but my dad couldn't really engage with them because um, everybody was suspicious back then. So it was Yeah, you were telling difficult. me about uh, y'all would, you, you had to watch whatever channels were issued by the government or you weren't allowed to watch anything that wasn't. And radio even, you were saying how you, know, you had Radio Free Europe kind of telling yes. you the news they broadcast over enemy lines to say, "Hey, listen, you know this is the world's really okay, and we're not the bad guys, and we're trying to help you." And but yet you were nervous if your neighbors heard you. So like, if you ever knock at the door, you're like, "Quick, change the channel," you know, yeah. or you'd listen to it really low, and you know, kind of worried that somebody might might rat you out or something. And you know, is that was there like a reward system for people who ratted people out, or you know what what was that like? Well, the, the reward system was that they wouldn't mess with, they wouldn't mess with their families. I mean, uh, um, my my dad was a, a member of the Communist Party because in his posi- position and what he'd done, he had to be. But you know, he I had to just be quiet and not say anything for whatever was said at our house because my dad was. You know, he he loved U.S. He, his his idol was President Reagan, and he um, did he ever sit you down and was like, "Son, listen, you can't talk about this kind of yeah, stuff." Yeah, for sure. Really? Yeah. yeah, don't say anything at Ooh. school. Don't say anything. They they would have anti-communist jokes, wow. and I, I I knew better, and and uh, you ju- you just wouldn't say. It. He could have been jailed for it or or stripped of his title because you know I'm I'm not gonna sit here and say. Um, I had a ba- bad childhood. I, I was unprivileged. No, uh, my dad had a really good position in the society. Uh, he ran a restaurant. He knew a lot of people. He was a member of the Communist Party that he absolutely did not believe in or yeah. it was just part of the deal because if you were ever asked to have any kind of a position um, and um, you, if you had a higher position, you had to be a member of the Communist Party. If you would refuse, they, they would... You would be, doesn't matter what your education, you would have a low income, just whatever job, uh, mm. and they would mess with your family. Some, it, it happened and as far as they would uh, prevent your from your, your kids going to college. And, wow. And just, they would really just could destroy and control your family. So it's sort of like blacklisting you. Oh, they, for sure. They would just put your uh, name down and uh, be like, all right, screw this family. Absol- absolutely. <laughs> no, I mean, that that's how it was. That, that wow. it was just, uh, it was all about being part of the, communist party and doing what they want you to do and believe what they want you to believe and you know that the proof that my dad never done anything wrong and and that um he was in the party just because you know nobody, nobody knew what's going to happen we thought we are going to live in communist forever i mean yeah. you know you just wanted to have okay you sort of life. pick out your little place in life and you yeah. go i'm gonna keep my head down and just kind of grind, fit into is, the grooves here exactly so when the communist regime um, fell in, in 89 when the Berlin Wall and all the East Black went down. You know, my dad actually went on his own and, and um, founded a distribution business uh, with uh, beer and 
other alcohol he, he did quite well and you know I, we never been or my dad never been treated poorly nobody turned back on him he had the same friends and everybody because you know he he never done anything wrong uh, vice versa he would he would help he would get pe- give people heads up he said they are talking about you you need to just not to do this and that yeah. because you know you you might be a target now you watch what you do so um the transition for my family from um uh, communist to democracy was uh, pretty smooth. There was some haters and stuff because they didn't know my dad that well. They just saw that he was a, a part of the communist party, but uh, there's a lot of people who were, you know, and weren't bad. And I would imagine, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about the fact that, you know, here in America, we were taught to speak variations of English, redneck or whatever, <laughs> um, and sometimes Spanish because we have a large influence mm-hmm. of Latino folks here. But being where you're at, you were telling me that like you had your own language in the Czech Republic, but you also, I would imagine, have to learn to speak Russian right away because they're there and they're a part of your daily influence. And I, you know, I'm I feel extremely lazy in the fact that I only have one language in my stupid head. Mm-hmm. Once in a while, I can pick up some different things from different languages. But but you right away is from birth had to learn languages on a broad spectrum to just be able to navigate your environment yeah. and. You know, and then you were talking about with with hockey. You know, you, right away you get picked up by teams, and you're traveling to different countries. I think you said you played in Italy and Germany mm-hmm. and France, and yeah. and I was like, wow. So, like, even to just do your job, you had to learn to speak their language in order just to navigate that. I mean, did you? How difficult was it? It was like one of those things of Jesus. I gotta like become buddies with somebody who speaks my language and theirs so to help me figure this out, or was it? Was it natural or, you know, how was that? So um, speaking of the Russian language, um, that basically was the language you studied at school. There was no other language when I grew up during the communists. It was the, you know, they were, you know, um, in my country stationed. They had um, army bases in 68, you know, when they invaded my country. And um, the only language you could study was uh, Russian. Again, uh, a lot of people... Uh, would take private lessons and would study other languages. But again, they became suspicious. Oh, right. does he want to defect the country? Does okay. he want to spy for other country? Whatever. But there was still a lot of people doing that. But, you know, you couldn't really advertise it that you're learning other language. Um, uh, German um, kind of... Um, I learned a little bit because um, we could travel to East Germany and we had some East German friends. They were obviously a communist country. And um, so we always had a German in our, in our you know, kind of uh, near sight. And um, it was easy to pick up. And especially after I played in Italy, I played in Northern Italy where um, it's a German-speaking part of Italy. Okay. And I really greatly improved there. So now um, my wife can testify when we back, back, went back to Europe and Germany. I really can get by and understand and speak to people. And I, I kind of uh, like German language. Um, other languages, you know, Slovakian language... Um, it's not really that difficult because it's super similar to, to our language. So I would say, uh, you know, besides English and Slovak, which comes naturally, uh, I, I would say that I, I have a knowledge of Russian and I, I, I consider myself a pretty good uh, German speaker. Yeah. yeah. So you, you've been gone from there now for, for quite a while, right? I mean, when, Since 90, when did you, you said you left home in, in 95. you were 18? 90, 95, so 18, 19. Wow. Jeez. 95, so um, 24, 25 years. Um, 
and uh, finally became a citizen a, a year and a half ago. So that must be so weird to think. You know, I grew up as a kid with this idea of a land far away, and all these years later, you're like, screw it, this is home. This is where I'm going to be. I mean, as to I just to think that that you know whatever piece of dirt people grow up on, most people never move more than 50 miles from where they're born. Most people never travel more than 100 miles from where they're yeah. born. And and you were like, let's spin this globe and see where it lands. <laughs> or or was it like, I don't know, I'm going from this job to this job and we'll so, see what happens. So it was kind of controlled. I, I grew up playing ice hockey and, and that's the reason how I ended up in the United States. And you had to be good, otherwise it, you wouldn't be here. Yeah, I, I you know, I... I guess because if you consider the amount of people playing hockey and actually at one point of their life making making living doing it, then I guess the percentage is pretty low, even when you look at NHL and other yeah. professional teams. So I, I was not drafted by NHL team out of juniors, but you know I I um, had a couple NHL contracts two ways two-way deals never never played in an NHL but you know I played 13 years professionally I, I would not um, change it for nothing I, I had a great experience and, and I, I made money doing something I loved doing playing hockey and I've seen and met a lot and met a lot of people and I, I, I won't I don't regret it it really truly enriched me um, because I got to go and, and meet people and see places and culture so I, I I'm grateful for that I wish I would um um, travel more now, but um, you know, um, I do what I do now, and and I don't. Um, Did they give you options anytime on? Hey, we're going to think about trading you to so and so, and you're like, oh yeah, that that sounds interesting. Let, yeah, let's do no, that. Actually, you know, or is it like you just get your papers and you're like, here, you're going to so and so, and you're like, yeah. Uh. <laughs> so you know, I came here and you know went to different teams play for different teams and, and 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 i guess i was the guy that nobody ever wanted to really trade because um even i was there for one season and then re-signed somewhere else i I've, i i guess i was pretty good teammate i would i was a captain on a few teams too and stuff so i wasn't the guy that you would not maybe get rid of which which was kind of nice i can say that i never been traded in my career so um that kind of speaks for well, maybe, i know working with you i mean working with you i can tell you that a lot of it is your personality you're very easygoing. You're easy to talk to. You're you're a hard worker. Um, you're definitely a leader. Automatically, you, uh, you a, have that in your DNA. It must it must come from upbringing with your dad around and you I know, really appreciate that. It's a huge compliment. And, but it's it, it it had to have translated through every job that you've been through. Of hey, this is the guy we want to kind of be the the cornerstone of our team. He's he's gonna hold people accountable. He's He's not afraid to get in people's face and say, "Listen, do your job. This is what's needed." But also, you do it. You're you're also kind in a way that 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 you understand that you're talking to people and you treat them very well. Um, so that has to be part of it. Yeah, yeah. My you know my dad always had a leader positions at work, and I, I he never was a guy who would yell or snap at people. I never seen him do that. He got upset or whatever, but he got it done different ways. He was kind about it. He said what he you know you had to what he had to say and what he didn't like. And I mean, but if you didn't respond the way he would like you to, I mean, there was consequences, but they weren't like throwing stuff around and yelling. It was yeah. like, you're gone or pay or whatever, but I'm going to get it done somehow. I'm not, but I'm not going to waste my time yelling at you. Um, but um, as you said, I, I, 
I don't like going right away to the top and bosses, whatever. I'd rather have a chat with the, with the person and say, hell, this is not working. Like, you got to do this and that because uh, this is not how you operate here. And, you know, if and, and I tell him, you know, if, if or somebody, I would say, and I do say, um, you got to do this or that, or, you know, next time if this is not working, I will have to tell somebody and report you. But I'm giving you a heads up. This is maybe you're new and understand, but uh, you got to pick this up and then do this and that better or, or do it, uh, you know. And if you don't, then, you know, it's going to be consequences. Is, is being captain on the team voted on by your teammates, or is that something that your coach decides on, or how does that work? It, it depends. Some teams and some coaches do it different ways. There was... Um, there was uh, times and places where um, the coach decided who captain was by by the seniority players, mm-hmm. or there is a vote on a team silent. I mean, um, <clears throat> what do you call it? Um, anonymous vote. But um, as I learned through my career, I, I don't like anonymous vote. Yeah. I want the coach or maybe some of the top players decide who the captain's going to be because anytime there was anonymous vote um it was a bad captain because um the the buddies and the cliques on like the a team popularity thing will decide who is going to be who's going to let them get away with the most okay. and and the most going out guy and doing this and yeah. so i i've been on a few teams where um they elected a captain this way and it was one of the worst experiences i ever had and uh so that i just prefer uh, the coach do it yeah. and say this is the guy because you know a lot of people will tend to pick a guy that they can walk all over yeah. and and he he won't get in their face or, or you know so sort of like if they want to have the run of the team they'll go they'll pick the weakest guy yeah, they're like I can it, run all over him I can exactly I can break curfew exactly. I can do whatever exactly that's their biggest leader going out and, yeah. and whatever and I don't mind I never I always told guys you know um, hockey has a big culture of uh, going out having having drinks yeah. and beers and and then play hard and you know but, play hard um, work hard yeah yeah and, like um, the Marine Corps <laughs> yeah and um, I had guys that I captain and and um. I loved them. They were the guys who would party the most, but they would come to practice and they were the hardest working guys in the practice. They were the hardest working guys during the game. And I always told them, I said, listen, I don't care what you do for your time. You don't affect um, my team and our success and our money and bonuses because you're going out and you actually help us and what, I don't have a problem what you do. But yeah. as soon as I see that it's affecting your performance, then we, we have a problem. And you're going to get one warning, then I'm going to the top. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of curious about injuries. Have you had a lot of injuries playing hockey? I, I was super lucky um, playing hockey. Um, I can see I, your nose has been broken yeah, a few times. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> for sure. Um, so the the only major injuries I had was my, my wrist. I broke my wrist, but it was in when I was... Still growing up, playing juniors back home. Um, I actually had to have a surgery in France. We played tournament oh, wow. in France. Yeah, uh, Rouen, beautiful city, a lot of cathedrals. Um, Is that from the ice or from stick? Or um, actually, ran into a guy and my wrist kind of turned the wrong way and and, oh. and broke it. So no slash. Did it break the skin? Like. No, it didn't. But uh, I, I was surprised it didn't because it was really like the very hand meets the wrist, the bone on the outside was just really sticking out. So I were you like right away, like oh no, something oh, wrong. I, I, I felt I felt more. 
more than anything, then I, I just kind of felt pressure and I, sh- I just threw my glove off and I, I looked and it was just looking weird. Yeah. And, um, but they had to have surgery on it. Huh? Yeah. They put two pins in it. And a uh, funny story, um, um, we went with a guy who used to coach in France from my city. He was, a, he was a, from our city. So he went as a, as a guy that knew the city and he, he kind of um, got a tournament set up for us to play in France. And, and he went because he, he spoke French and had buddies and brought us there. Well, back, it was right after the communist regime and we, were, we, did, we had a kind of a weird injury. I don't know if I was even injured. I, most likely I would have to bus all the way to, to check to have a surgery or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, that's when Pilsner Urquell um, beer comes in place where um, he had a lot of friends. He was a terrific guy in France and one of his buddies was a, was a surgeon and he had his own clinic. So he said he's got to have a surgery, but the insurance won't come or whatever. He came into the hospital at night, opened, and got a surgical team together and um, actually had operated on me, put the two pins in for, for case of Pilsner Urquell. Oh, wow. The team waited for me on the bus outside. They, I, as soon as I woke up, uh, they At put me on the bus. At 13 years old? Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, no, I was 16. 16? 15, 16, maybe. And they put me back and we went home. Yeah. So, a, a true story. Wow. Case Holy cow. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. But other than that, uh, injuries, I just had, you know, a couple knees, like uh, MCL, ACL, just not just uh, sprains and stuff. So when it comes down to uh, big injuries and, and being sidelined for a long time, that, that I was lucky. Good. All right. Yeah. Cool. A B- couple teeth, broken nose, but it doesn't. Couple, really. t- couple yeah. teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That doesn't count really in hockey, you know. <laughs> I guess it comes part with the course, you know. Yeah. You always see, I, I, I never played hockey. I didn't watch hockey too much other than the highlights on ESPN. Yeah. And it's always like, you know, all right, gloves are off. We're punching each other in the face, you know. And it, it was. I mean, I don't want to sound like this and whatever, but isn't it, it's just a great sport. What, <laughs> what other sport, what other sport can you just. Um, <laughs> Go against the guy, throw the gloves off, try to take his or, you know, other people's heads off. And then you go to the penalty box for five minutes and you're back in the game. I mean, I I think, you know, they're trying to kind of get the fighting out of the league. But I think, well, you know, raising I raised three boys and I I told them, I said, in in your life, you're probably going to fight with other guys because you're always trying to fight for dominance or whatever, you know. Your, your opinion stronger than their opinion or somebody hurt somebody's feelings. I said, but the weird part about guys is, is we can have fist fights and then be buddies later. Oh yeah. I there's mean, a, there's a guy I, I physically had a fight with that he and I are still friends today. Oh, for, and I'm like, Oh, we were just fighting over this dumb girl. And like, uh, she didn't matter. Why, why are we so pissed <laughs> off at each other? We actually have a lot in common. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's, that's how it is in hockey. Like there is guys that you fight every time you play them, but then, you know, they stay overnight in the town and whatever you, and there's beer. You just go and have beers. And do you ever find yourself like on the same team with someone you had a rivalry mm-hmm. with oh yeah oh yeah for sure but uh, at that time uh, you generally you really do find out that it's probably the nicest guy you ever yeah. seen or he met. just had a job to yeah do. he had a job that's exactly yeah. what it is unless you do something really just against the you know like unbreaking code. hockey code yeah. yeah then then and you keep doing it and uh, there is only a few guys you you really dislike, but mainly it was not their play or what, how they played against you. It was just their personality. To well, I would imagine that a lot of it is uh, I want to stop you from from being awesome, but also I don't want to end your career. Like there's a like you said, the unwritten rule of uh, 
I'm, lo- I'm, not lo- I'm not looking to like seriously injure you, but also I do want to stop you, and I do want I do want you to think about the fact of I'm coming, and you're gonna like flinch yeah. a little bit and, next and time a lot, I come your and way. A lot of guys, yeah, kind of like football. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's. I, I guess I'm guilty, kind of, because there was times where, as long as I would do a clean hit or check, and I would not end his career but injure him, I would be okay with it. I had to admit it, but there was guys that I really did wanna injure yeah and and but i wouldn't wanna i wouldn't resort to anything dirty or whatever but right. if i could catch them clean and injure i would be okay with it and it I, and it's funny it's it came later on in my career when i was kind of just the older grumpy player i guess i don't know why but i just wanted to i would in, imagine that injure people for some reason you know we're learning a lot more today about you know uh, brain injuries and stuff like that from football and from soccer and you hear a lot about that from from those two sports but I imagine it also comes from hockey. I mean, you guys are taking hits really hard with each other. I mean, there was a, uh, you know, there's a former players' uh, lawsuit against NHL. I don't know if it, and I want to say it ended, but especially the fighters, the enforcers and stuff. And I did quite a bit of it in, you know, in, in my hockey career. And um, I, I disagree with the lawsuit um, because the, these guys um, signing contracts and know they're all on a team, they know they're gonna go and they're signed and they're there to uh, be fighters or you know not as much anymore this, in this time of the NHL. But um, why would you go and uh, accept a job and knowing your role and then try to go back and sue somebody because you got punched in the head uh, because and you well, signed up for it? And well, I, I, I understand. Just reset the camera because it only goes for 30 minutes. Yeah, and I, you know, I understand, but I've, I've been in a situation where I got in a fight, punched in the head, and I knew I had a concussion, but I was on the, you know, walking the line on the team, and if I would say I'm injured, uh, maybe somebody else would jump in. I would have to skip a few days. I definitely had a concussion. I never told anybody I played again because I didn't want to lose the spot on a team right. because, you know, I, I knew it might happen because I was on the bubble. But it, at the end, it was my choice. Nobody said, you know, don't tell them because you won't play or you got to play. or Nobody said that. I knew that. And... um I don't know if well, I have any... like you said, you got lucky. You, you, you didn't have those injuries that, that continued. But there's, there's probably a lot of players who... I mean, you hear about football players who say that, that they constantly have ringing in their ears years later and, and to the point that it drives them crazy and they commit suicide. And, you know, the, the junior say right away I think of, you know, he, he shot himself in the chest and put a note, study my brain. And I'm like, Jesus, how, how many players are out there kind of in the same situation? A, a, a lot. I mean, even and like you said, with hockey, it's the, it's the work hard, play hard mentality. And, you know, drinking kind of goes hand in hand mm-hmm. with the, you know, the boys club of we're going to hang out, we're going to party. I wonder how many of them get to that point in their age where they're just like, I'm just going to drink every day because the drinking at least quiets the noise in my brain. There, there have been so many cases. Yeah. I played with a guy who overdosed on um Painkiller started with being a tough guy with New York Rangers. His name is Derek Bugard. Um, big man. Big man that you would never think that can get hurt or something could ever happen to him. And, you know, he ended up getting concussion and then he couldn't play. He got on some prescription drugs prescribed and then it just snowballed and, and it result, resulted in his, in his death. Wow. And there is many, many, many oh, yeah, uh, I'm suicides sure. and, and yeah. overdoses. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know... <clears throat> there is the idea of yes, I'm going to play a dangerous sport, and yes, I realize I can get hurt. But also, 
you do it for the chance to at least try. Like you, you're good enough that you got to play professionally and travel and 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 make a career of it. Getting like you said, getting paid to play a game mm-hmm. you liked, and with the understanding that hey, I could be injured, and then what? Was it ever in your mind of if I do get injured, what what's next? Or was it just like nah, screw it, this is working out. Let's just keep rolling forward. Yeah, um, you know, I or is it part of getting older that you start later in life thinking, all right, at some point, I got to re- face reality, and this may not be the end game for me. You know, I I kind of because um, I mean, you had to get to that point at some time because you're not playing now. I mean, yeah, I I sacrificed some of my education or most of it to to chase the dream of uh, playing professionally, and you know, obviously making the NHL. That didn't happen. Uh, uh, you know. I wish I I don't know if I would change anything. I don't think I would. Only thing that I would change is um you know I ended up in, in South Carolina for several reasons you know, um but I wish I wouldn't end up uh, here for only and I, I I like the state I like my life now and and I don't complain, uh, but I wish I could stay in hockey. I wish uh, I see a lot of friends that uh, actually made it as assistant coaches in NHL or even head coaches in NHL or uh, doing hockey schools and stuff. And obviously the opportunity in South Carolina is not that great. To right. do. So I have a friends in Michigan and the northern states where hockey is popular doing something with hockey and making good living and enjoying what they do. And I, I that's the only thing I regret is that I couldn't stay in hockey in uh, any kind of form because I think coaching or, or scouting or doing anything like that, I, I would love it and I think I would do a good job. Um, that's the only thing I regret. I don't regret really, <laughs> it's funny to say, you know, uh, um, kind of not getting the education because I was chasing the NHL and the profession. So I was kind of the typical guy. But yeah. I never thought, I never said to myself, I don't need school. I'm going to make it to the NHL. And if I play just only one year, I, I don't really have to. I'll be all right. Yeah. I never thought. I knew there is the chance of not making or doing it. But at the same time, I knew that if it doesn't matter what. I, I'm not lazy. I have a good work ethic. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I will not be on the street. I will make good living. Yeah. And, you know, in the end, it happened. So, yeah. so. You got lucky. I yeah. mean, we all get lucky at some yeah, point, exactly. hopefully. Yeah, so either way, staying you know, in hockey, which was the plan, that didn't happen due to life circumstances. And, and now uh, you know, I, I work for a good company that pays well. And, and um, I, I, I have stuff that um, I always wanted. And if I don't have them, then I don't really need them. And that's it. If Florence, like our little area in Florence, South Carolina, if, if we had like a youth program startup with hockey, do you think you would like to do like a, like maybe a part-time coaching thing of, Oh, so, I teach some kids how to play and this would be fun to do like on Saturdays or after work sometimes. For sure. Or, for sure. I, I would be interested. That'd probably more, that would probably be a, 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 a real job or possibility if you were somewhere like Michigan oh, or Ohio or something like I, that. I have a friend who, who lives in Michigan, Detroit, Michigan, and he, he grew up playing hockey with me. He's from Czech. He never made it professionally. To play hockey, he has a hockey school. He does it with um, uh, former NHL players. He he coaches private oh, cool. lessons. He's doing great. Like I'm so proud of him that he actually done it. But you know, just imagine with a little bit of more of my experience that I played higher levels and professionally. He yeah. never did, and he's doing so well. And I'm proud of him. I wish it, I tell him every time. I'm so proud of you. He has his own hockey school. He his program. He coaches and he does extremely well. 
So, uh, you know, that sometimes tells me, you know, that would be probably something I could have done. And he always tells me, if you ever want to, just, just and, and you're done. And you want to move, I, I hook you up, you know. It's kind of a neat idea. Yeah. I mean, because <clears throat> I'm 45 now and I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to retire at some point. But, you know, at, at, at what point do I go, well, what do I really want to do? I mean, because obviously, you know, we're, we're doing okay financially now. Yeah. And, you know, thank goodness for the for the, the luck of the draw and for you know, good health and good organization and whatnot. And, and but also like there, I've said this before, there's nobody working where we work who had a, as a child would go, I'm going to roll groceries one day when I get it, when I grow up, <laughs> no. but it worked out. And it's, it's one of those things where I think, okay, there's some things I wanted to do, but in a way I'm sort of doing what I feel like I'm drawn to do. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's, our job being physical, I feel like I get the exertion that I need. I, I'm I'm faced with problem solving every day, which I need. Yeah. I, I didn't realize I needed it, but I need to figure things out all the time <laughs> in order to feel like I'm worth anything. And, uh, you know, you hear about people all the time who have like office jobs and they go crazy. Like they start doing jujitsu in their fifties and, you know, they need a physical challenge. They need something to, to motivate their, their body and their mind. Otherwise they're going crazy and, you know, these are the guys that are like, you know, we're going skydiving now. It's like, yeah. why? Why would yeah. you want to do that? I need that challenge. I need that fear. I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah, have fun with that. I'm not doing that. We definitely get it at work sometimes to, when you come home and say, I need to come down. Now. Yeah. Like yeah. I got my, I got my sky. I've got everything I needed to do physically yeah. in, this, yeah. in this giant man body. And, yeah. and now I need to just yeah. sit down and listen to the birds tweet on the back porch. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, that's definitely for sure. That just, was yesterday. Just yeah. enjoy it. And, 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 and you know, I think there's like a weird balance there. And, and, and like you said, you know, it, if that was an opportunity to, to be a, a coach, you know, for some kids or something like that, that would be obviously very fulfilling for you. But it also may inform you of something that you want to aim for in the future of, of you know, kind of seeing if that's an option in the future. I don't know, man. That's, our area is growing so fast. I mean, this this town, when they did the census back in 2016, mm-hmm. we had 39,000 uh, residents. And in the three in the last three years, I think we've doubled that because of all the industry that's moved here. Otis I, I, Elevator moving here brought a ton of people. Our, yeah, you know our our area. Just our job alone, I think we've doubled the amount of drivers we have. And and I mean, we for sure did because I and there's places everywhere now. And I remember how many we had been nice threats. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, in the Civic Center is now the Florence Center, whatever. The, yeah, whatever that. No, they about. did an awesome job. I've been inside, but it's it's beautiful. But yeah. also, it's like. You know, you guys still have the ability to have an ice rink in there, and this could be a possibility for the future of I know, like a youth program. If if someone were listen, if somebody out there is listening, and you got some money, and you're thinking about, you know, I'd like to see some hockey like going on for youth. You know, think about this. You know, you got a guy here who knows what he's talking about, <laughs> and and would like to coach, and could possibly do it. You know, on the side, and and or, or at least help you organize it and figure out what you want to do, and and that would fulfill a lot of needs for kids to have something to do so that they're not, you know, sitting at house in, in the house playing video games or, you know, taking pictures on Instagram that you don't want on there eventually because yeah. <laughs> they're going to grow up one day and go, oh, my God, yeah. I can't believe I took a picture I'm, of my I'm, butt, I'm, you know, I'm, or whatever. I wouldn't be lucky if you didn't have that. Oh, yes, I am. 
am. Yeah. I, I know I, I am. <laughs> I was stupid when I was younger. I <laughs> know, yeah, right? I'd be on. I'd be having to hire somebody professionally to, to erase my history <laughs> online and be like, yeah, we got to get I, rid of I, all yeah, yeah, this stuff. That would be stuff. a lot of, um, yeah. You know, but today's kids have a lot of those challenges, and if they had something, you know, like we've all heard how sport helps kids grow in confidence and, and how it helps them uh, work as a team and, and accomplish goals together and learn what it's like to win and also lose uh, and to roll the punches because in life you're going to have a lot of challenges and, you know, sports like hockey and, and all these other sports that are out there right now, they all help you figure that stuff out, but you know, we're in a unique position here in our small town in the South of having a ready-made hockey experience that is here that we used to have a hockey team, mm-hmm. the, the PD Pride, and, and, you know, it went away for whatever reason. But I'm kind of curious why our area doesn't think about maybe having a youth program involved. We <clears throat> we have a lot of industry that's moved here from the north, and I would think that, that there's a lot of families who are also like-minded and thinking, you know, why don't we have something like this? So anyway, if anybody is listening and you have contact with somebody at the Florence Civic Center or anybody who wants to see hockey, you know, happen, how about spread the word and talk about it and, and maybe make something like this happen? And, and you can reach out to me or, or Jan and or if you need to reach Jan, reach out through me. I mean, if, if you don't know how to get in touch with him. And maybe we can see something like that happen here. And, and you know, I, I kind of feel like if you have anything in life that you want to do, the only thing stopping you from doing it is 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 doing it. And doing it requires steps. The first step is always the hardest. Mm-hmm. And I heard on a, on a podcast one time this guy said, he said his wife told him, if there's something you want to do in life, you've got to say it out loud first. You've got to say, this is what I want. And then you have to keep saying, this is what I want, this is what I want, this is what I want, this is what I want. And you can't stop from saying that until you achieve your goals of what you want. And, and that's like with anything in life. Like you were talking about as a child, you wanted to play hockey professionally. And you realized, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good. And if I keep at this, I can make something happen here. It started with you thinking that thought. So if you have in your mind right now, you know, hey, I'd like to, I'd like to maybe you know, coach a youth program or, or be a part of this and, and, and maybe make this happen. You start putting the word out there and saying, hey, I'm interested in doing this. And is there anybody that, that's, that has anything to do with it or, or could influence somebody into doing something like this? Who knows? You might be the guy that started youth hockey here in Florence. Well, the, I think the, the especially now with the uh, northern companies coming here and stuff, and there's a lot of people moving down here. They they, they like hockey, and yeah, and uh, you know, I don't think that sponsorship wouldn't be that big of a deal if somebody puts their mind into it. And you know, look at the the area around the Civic Center or Florence Center uh, that that just grew is crazy. I mean, yeah. all the businesses and hotels and stuff. So I think that that would work. It's just a matter of time. Somebody actually. And with putting our, the money up at first. And it wouldn't be like you'd have to quit your job. I mean, it's it's one of those no. things where you could do it in the evenings when you're off work and on the weekends. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if it grew into something more eventually, then then fine. I mean, exactly. But right now we're we're kind of in a unique position of our job is just our job and we do it and we go home and, and we have time after that that we could do other things, which is, you know, kind of why I started this stupid podcast because I, <laughs> I have all these. I, enjoy I don't it. know why, but I have this crap in my head. I can't seem to not get out. I have to talk about it. And my wife's like, I don't have that. And I was like, yes, you do. You, you just don't realize it. But, you know, she, she's already been on here twice because, you know, the first time was a was my birthday present. She was oh, like, cool. I'll be on there for your birthday. <laughs> the second time she was like, I want to do one Saturday. I was like, what? She kind of surprised me. Yes. And she, she did the second one and I was like, okay. And, but 
I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot of things that are left unsaid, especially between men that, that they just don't say. They don't, they don't attach to their feelings. They don't communicate well. They, they shut themselves off from life. You know, right now, for, for men of our age, the number one thing that, that kills men of our age is loneliness. They commit suicide because they feel lonely. Hmm. Because as men, you're taught your whole life that you're not supposed to talk about your feelings. You're not supposed to, you know, associate with other people because you're always on guard of, of, you know, threats or, or whatever. And so we isolate ourselves to a point. And, you know, there, there is a large number of guys who are our age who commit suicide on a regular basis. And it's just that. So it's okay that sometimes at home I snap and let it go. It's, it's okay. Well, <laughs> to a point, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Let I don't know. Steam out, right? But, but you know, it's like I thought. Okay, well, what if I start talking about it on a regular basis, and what if I start mentioning the fact, you know, that that we all kind of go through seasons of depression once in a while, and what if I talk about the fact that you know we're all trying to figure out what it is we're supposed to do, and we can all build a community just through action, like it. There's nobody standing around going, all right, got like when you were a kid and you had school, you go, okay, we're going to organize now. We're going to have this little thing. And, yeah. and you're like, okay, yeah, whatever. And you didn't want to do it. But once you got involved with it, you're like, oh, okay, exactly. this is kind of cool. As an adult, you're like, all right, good luck. Yeah. And you're just like, what, 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 what do I do with my time now? What, what do you mean good luck? What, what, what am I supposed to do? And, you know, it, it's, and it's kind of up to us. I mean. It's funny you say that because, you know, I have days when I just, just don't feel it, just whatever, but. I always find out something to do outside in the garage, even just a little bit of a stuff to clean up. And it, it just that little thing makes you kind of like a feel good and accomplishment that, you know, you just did a little bit. Mm-hmm. It, it snaps you out of it. It's just the way. So that's what I try to do. Like even Sundays are the worst because the weekend is over and I got to get up at four and go to work. So that's my day usually actually that I accomplish the most uh, around the house and, and that's actually me fighting the depression <laughs> saturdays are the day where i feel the busiest because i usually have a lot of things to do on saturday because mm-hmm. i have the whole day off <clears throat> and then even before i know it's sunday i'm dreading sunday because i usually know i have to be in bed early so yeah. there's things i can't do and i know that i have to be done with everything by a certain time so okay no caffeine past this point and i you know you're <laughs> You're all the grown-up crap your yeah. stupid brain's telling you, and you're yeah. like, if I don't do this, I'm gonna I'm gonna hate life Monday. So I gotta like Sundays to me is just preparation, you know. But I've got church in the morning. I, I volunteer at my church, and you know, there's days I'm not feeling it when I'm going to church because I'm like, I don't want to do this. I want to I want to lay in bed. I want to sit on the couch and watch Netflix. I want to I want to mess around with that thing in the garage that I've been working on, whatever it is. And and but it's like, no, no, no. I need to do this. I need to be out amongst the people. I need to. Like communicate with others, and and even though there's these tasks that I've kind of given myself, there's nobody holding me to a, to a, a fire to do it. I feel like I have to do it in order to at least have that communication with people that I wouldn't normally communicate mm-hmm. with. And and that's to me that's one of the biggest things I get from from going to my church is uh, there's days where the message is good, and and I'm and I'm like, oh, that really hit home. I, I needed to hear that. It helped me think about this thing in my life that I'm trying to figure out. But more than anything, it's about some of the people that I've that I've come into contact with, and, and 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 like we're talking about, you know, with school, you're always around those people, and you're like, oh, I'll make friends with these people because I'm always here. Mm. It's kind of that way with anything. I mean, if you're in a church or if you're in your work group, you tend to make p- friends with the people you're around. You're not just on the internet being like, hey, ghost seven three eight. You know, I, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's 
I understand that that for some people, especially you know, kids of these days, they're making friends with people they never physically meet in their life. But that's not real friendship. <laughs> that's not really a connection to a person. That's they could be talking to artificial intelligence, as far as as we know. It could be. <laughs> it could be. It could it definitely could. Yeah, be. You know what I mean, they think they have this buddy. <laughs> it's just a computer in Thailand, or could something. be a pedophile who's <laughs> yeah, well, three hundred pounds in a, someone's basement going. Eh. <laughs> Versus Cheetos. Take it. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And and you sort of need those connections in life. And, and, and we live in a time where we're disconnected from people the most because of social media. Who's supposed to connect us, but but yet sort of separates us in a weird way. I mean, I noticed you're not on Facebook. And, and mm-hmm. I, I get on Facebook and I think, why am I even on here? Because it's just arguing. But the thing, the thing is maybe, um, you know, you... You kind of needed and wanted to have it for the exposure of, of your podcast. And um, my wife, you know, she started... Well, and family. Little, yeah. And my you're like, oh, I didn't know it was my niece's birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah, no, you know. Uh, yeah. My wife and I, uh, you know, um, we uh, never had Facebook or, or only thing I have is Instagram. I do like Instagram. and uh, But my, my my wife has a Facebook now where... Because she started a little bit of a, doing a little bit of a travel agency for Disney. Oh, okay. And... Um, she does quite well. Your wife and needs was to meet a, my wife. And, 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 yeah, I know, right? And um, that's the only reason why she started. But at the time, she's kind of like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have to have it, you know. But but um, now I definitely, um, I my wife says I'm, I'm on the phone too much, but I actually just read the news. I'm a news junkie and, and, and stuff like that. I don't really am on there with, on social media communicating with people. Uh, n- not at all. I read I a lot. I don't like that. I'd rather just either just call you and hear you or, or see you. But um, I, I mainly use it really just keep up with sports and, and, and news in my country and the world. Yeah. Is there a certain? Is there a way you keep up with news, or is it like certain news sources? Or Because mm, well, like uh, on Twitter, that's, I use Twitter mostly for, to find out what's going on in um, the world. I have, uh, uh, you know, um, some some apps that I get pop-ups and stuff, and if I find it interesting, I op- you know, open it and read it. Uh, I read daily the the Czech newspaper, Thruly, online, which is like the, the like the USA Today, the art Czech newspaper online, Thruly, uh, just um, with the economy and politics and mainly sports in my country. I keep up. Truly, every day. By you the way, the makes... Czechs, the Czechs are playing Canada at uh, one Eastern PM today at the World Hockey Championship in Bratislava, Slovakia. So go Czechs! <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, do Do you think that um, this is one of my thoughts? Uh, do you think that the older you get and you start keeping up with more and more news, that it makes you crazy a little yeah, bit? Yeah, for sure, because um, it's not to the, to the extent that I used to, actually. I, I would watch, like, um, back then, you know, you had uh, Bill O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. I, I, was, I, was glu- I was there sitting there every night watching it and then uh, following up with other news and stuff like that. And, and then I get angrier and angrier and, and kind of just too consumed with it. And then you're like... Sometimes I just read the headlights and I need yeah. what I need to take. I, I, so, yeah, I got away from from actually uh, uh, following too much of it. Yeah. I've watched my, my wife's dad. He, he's a big Fox News guy. And, you know, he watches it so much that they've, in a way, he's like all in 
So whatever they say, he's like, oh, yeah, that's definitely the way it is. No. And, and he's not, I, I've sort of, I don't know if it's because I was raised in Southern Baptist churches, you, you're, you're always raised to, to listen, but also question and go, is this guy crazy? Yeah. <laughs> so so <laughs> you, you sort of have a, a, a bit of disbelief as, into anything you hear. And so I want to hear different people's opinions from different sources. Mm-hmm. So like... I catch up on the news through Twitter, and I follow different sources, you know, like CBS, Fox News, uh, Al Jazeera Network, you know, any BBC. BBC News. There, yeah. There's a lot of different versions of of the news, and you just kind of want to know some information. But also, today's news sources are all about numbers and advertising, and they 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 feel like they have to draw you in <laughs> with okay. their own sort of agenda just so that they can keep an audience. And, and I think it's all driven by this idea of fear brings clicks, which is the whole thing with Facebook. You know, if, if we keep putting stuff out there, the yeah. algorithm is set up so that it, it, everything generates more clicks and people click more on fear based things than they do good things, yeah. which is weird, but it's, it's a reality, you know, and it's easy to start up a debate here in this country with simple things um, that people are passionate about, but it totally distracts from things that are really going on. And the algorithms are all built to just continue this fear mm-hmm. and to make people crazy in a way. I mean, it, it wasn't intentional, but that's what that's what it's doing. No, I I agree. And uh, you know, you said you gotta kind of uh, watch and and read different sources about the same thing. Uh, and I, I I done that and I do that, but then after a while, I'm like, well, now I really don't know. Mm-hmm. And so I know what's going on and what they are saying and what he's saying, what she's saying and this and that. But at the same time, I mean, it's so many different variations and in and, and, and those stories and reports that I'm like, OK, well, I know what's going on, but I have no idea what really is going on. In a so, weird way, it's, it's sort of like uh, <laughs> the idea of a vacation tends to be. Uh, I just want to go somewhere where I don't hear about anything. For sure. <laughs> Again, we talk about the idea of at the end of the day, you just want to go home and sit on the back porch yeah. and go, oh, listen, birds. <laughs> I know. No. I mean. I can't imagine it's, what it's like to for, for one of these guys who have these jobs that they're tied into everything all the time. And they never get a break. And I, I, I couldn't be a news anchor. They have to no. be on top of stuff and things, and and re, I, I don't know. And every day, night and out, they have to. I'm watching get ready. this. Um, it's crazy. You ever watched the show on Netflix, um, uh, House of Cards? Mm-mm. I've just started watching it. Uh, Kevin Spacey uh, plays a, a politician, or a congressman who who um, has his finger on the pulse of everything all the time. Okay. People are bringing him news all the time, and he has his own agenda of how he's trying to steer things, and it's. It's a it's a dramatization of things that are really happening in our government, but at the same time, you go, well, geez, no wonder you guys never think about us. You've only got your own agenda that you're thinking about, and it's all controlled by special interest groups, and it's all um, like like the whole idea of you know of the people for the people by the people is sort of left on the wayside, and and you tend to gravitate. I, I feel like I tend to gravitate towards uh, people who are running for office who have more of a common man approach of you know listen this is what we need we need like obama talked about change uh you know trump talked about jobs mm-hmm. uh, border security stuff like that and and the border security thing makes me crazy because um do i think there needs to be a wall no 
the idea that you're born on a piece of dirt versus another piece of dirt, and you go, no, no, you can't cross that piece of li- the imaginary line there because you were born on that piece of dirt, mm-hmm. and you're the bad guy. Why? Why? I think the whole idea of his you know, wall was the idea that they were going to bring crime across this imaginary border, and yet, why? But you don't think they do? No. Not any more than we do here. But why add to it if they're illegal? And that's speaking of somebody who... Oh, I know, I know. Here, let me... <laughs> came re- legally. <laughs> um, so... <clears throat> I know that... That's during during Obama's topic. administration, yeah. they decided to give citizenship to something like two million people. I, I don't exactly know the numbers. But they just, overnight, were just like, all right, we're just going to grant these two million people citizenship. They've been here for their whole lives and whatever. And people were a, a bit outraged, like the, gover- the, 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 the American people on social media were outraged. But as far as all the, constitu- uh, all the constituents were, you know, thinking it's, hey, if we get them in the system, then we have given them social security numbers and they're paying taxes now mm-hmm. and they're paying into the system that they're using. Mm-hmm. And it's only right. They've been here anyway. Might as well. Mm-hmm. And then Trump comes in and goes, no, no, these, we got to get rid of all these people that don't belong here. And, and there is the idea of terrorism and, and, and threats. And, you know, we, we learn about the Patriot Act, you know, listening to every one of our conversations and, and through, you know, Julia Assange and, mm-hmm. and, and Edward Snowden. That was a um, Julia, that's a weird story, isn't it? That is a weird story. <laughs> um, I just don't know. I, I don't know why Snowden's considered a criminal. He basically only said, "Hey, they're listening to every conversation, not just mm-hmm. not just terrorist groups." And they're like, "Oh, he's a terrorist." No, no, he's actually just a guy that was telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And and yet we treat him like a like he's the bad guy, and, and he's not. And you know, but you 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 grant all these people citizenship, and then you say, you know, okay, well they're allowed, but these other people aren't because they're obviously bad. Well, why? Because they grew up on a piece of, different piece of dirt. Now, I'd feel differently, obviously, if I lived in Texas and I had people walking across my land every day. I'd be mm-hmm. like, where are, you, where are you coming from? Why are you on my land? And, mm-hmm. and, you know, but I guess being here, we're a little bit isolated in the fact that we only see it in the restaurants that we work where there's, you know, suddenly a large Latino influence mm-hmm. of people working in them. But if I were born in another country and I was that close to a country who's doing better than mine and there was opportunity there, I'd go, well, I got to figure out a way to be there. And why, what, what makes anybody think that putting up a wall is going to stop that? You just go around the wall. I mean, or go around it or under it or over it or, yeah, you know, I, I mean, water it's is not a bigger, be, you know, either mo- way, it's most not people be fly into this country. I, I watched the, uh, there was a, a show, Adam ruins everything. And he talks about how, most people who are here illegally actually fly here. Mm-hmm. They fly here legally on a visa to come visit, and then they just and stay. They stay. Yeah, yeah. So a wall is just a waste of money that you're never going to be able to pay for, ever. But but it's going to take the same time, over a hundred years to pay for it. You won't taxes. have you won't have like a dangerous wanted guy or a terrorist. It won't be as easy for him to fly. And then if you secure the border, then uh, you have a, at least a little mm. bit of a chance, maybe control some of it. I think I we create... I'm, I'm just a b- big supporter, not the wall, but making this country secure. Um, I, I agree. I, I just, I think that um, 
And it's weird because people were telling me when, um, when Trump was being elected, you better go and get your citizenship. He's going to deport you. And uh, I'm like, really? Yeah. And I'm like, were you really worried about? No, I wasn't because I was here always legally. I always came either on a, on a athletes, a sport, professional athletes mm-hmm. visa. Or um, as soon as I got here, I got a social security card. I always paid taxes. Then uh, I properly um, um, applied for a green card. Through my marriage, which was a true marriage, not a fake one, and, <laughs> and, and I went through the interviews uh, where I had to bring everything, everything with my ex-wife. We had to go, and, and I had to bring pictures from our honeymoon. We already had a child at that time, so that was, you know, yeah. And uh, so that went on for two years. I got a green card, um, and when, when my green card was going to expire after ten years, which is a, just an easy renewal, as, lo- as as long as you don't have a record or any reasons yeah. why. I just decided, why would I renew it for 10 years for this amount of money, which if I'm living here and I'm just going to become a citizen, I applied for my citizenship. Uh, Trump was already in the office. Two months. My interviews were, but not five or 10 minutes. First, biometrics. Second time I drove up there for interview and the uh, citizenship test. Mm-hmm. And it was 10 minutes. And I, I, I asked him, that's it. He goes, yeah, easy for me. The next day they called me to be sworn in. I was done. Wow. Because I I was I always been here illegally, no criminal record, paid taxes, social security, everything. So it's not that hard to become a citizen if you do things right. And and um I just have a little bit I, I agree and I see what you're saying. I just have a different little bit of different opinion. I think this country should a little bit more protect their borders and see who is coming in. And, you know, I mean, we, 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 I, I can say we now because I'm a citizen of this yeah. country. I'm proud of it. And uh, I, we we can't accept everybody and everything. We right. can't. It's impossible. Well, I don't know if you've ever been to New York and done the the Ellis Island tour. Yeah, absolutely. Where they a talk long about time ago, I've done it. People coming, you know, on the boat, they were they go to Ellis Island first and they would say, do you have a job? Do you have, a, do you have an ability? Do you look a little sick? Are you sick? If you were sick, they'd send you back. If you there couldn't make a living, they send you, you ne- back. That uh, you never stepped. You could have pink eye, and they'd be like, "Nope, you're you're diseased. And, Go back." And exactly. So so I don't know why is everybody outraged uh, about all this because that's been here yeah. since the beginning of this country. Yeah. You know, and it's funny. You know what? <laughs> I don't know if you uh, saw the commercial about um, uh, Budweiser. The, um, Whoever started Budweiser, Eisenhower, Bush, whatever. Anheuser Bush. Yeah. Uh, so it was Augustus one of the Bush. one of the one of the uh, Super Bowl commercials where he he gets to United States uh, back then, you know, like mm-hmm. through Ellis Island, whatever. And he's he's a dream to start a beer. But they saw him. They they show him walking through streets of New York, and everybody's shouting at him, "Go home! What you want here? Go back home!" Whatever. But he is coming, obviously, from Germany, whatever he was descent. But these people yelling at him at the street are also... They just came there too. Came, they were like Italians yeah. and different ones. So I was like, this commercial doesn't make sense. They are telling somebody who just got here like them to go back to his old country and home. I mean, that was a, that was on their part not very thought through because that was dumb. I mean, now, now if, you would, not only that, if you would have Native Americans standing there yeah. telling him, then it makes a little bit of a sense. Not only that, but, but the, even Budweiser is now bought by a company from overseas Oh, they, like, I think they're owned by um, South um, African uh, Brewery, or South like South African company. That's yeah. one of the biggest. Uh, matter of fact, they actually own uh, uh, Pilsner Urquell Brewery too. Oh, yeah. okay. 
which is kind of sad. <laughs> well, <laughs> deep pockets and all that. Yeah, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, right. I guess that's their version of diversify. Mm-hmm. When you hear people talk about, it's you need to diversify your money. <laughs> hey, let's just buy a bunch of breweries. Yeah, that's that'll work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jeez. Wow. Yeah, you know, I, and I'm I'm also of the opinion of uh, you know making sure that everybody's safe and everybody's in here for the right reasons. But it's really hard to do with a country this size, and there is a reality that 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 this country offers a lot more opportunity than than a lot of other places, and a lot of that has to do with the government, the way it's set up, and the and the businesses who flock here. Um, and I think Trump has had a little hand in that lately, too, with influencing tariffs and, and so that companies want to have their business here in America. Uh, I noticed recently Ford said that they're closing down their Mexican plant and they're going to add 900 jobs here in America. And I'm like, wow, that's a huge step com- compared to where they were 10 years ago. I mean, they were sending jobs away as fast as possible. And even though Trump is very polarizing and pisses people off, even people who, who support him, mm-hmm. You know, you hear about success business-wise like that, and, and I, I can't help but think that the future is going to be all about jobs because we all need opportunity, and we all need a, a way for things to, to, to be able to take care of our kids. Our population isn't shrinking. Our population is growing like crazy. And, you know, you hear more and more about automation and about, you know, self-driving cars and mm-hmm. self-driving trucks, and it's like... What's going to happen if if all those jobs disappear for the people? You know, if we don't continue to go after the innovation and change, then at some point is uh, do you think that that I don't know? I'm going I'm getting way out here on a, on a tangent, but no. do you, do you, do you think that that there's a there's options or is it okay? We've done as much as we can here. It's time to start this in another country or. I mean, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of curious what's going to happen, you know, with, with our kids and with our kids' kids of, of the future. And so would like, it be an issue then, or do you think it might be something for way off in the future? So you think, like, uh, that, that we would outgrow this country? Yes. Like, population-wise, resource-wise, and, and just had to... Yeah. Hmm, I mean, there's a lot of this country where there's no people. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we talk about look, how... Look at what, Wyoming or yeah. whatever? I mean, that's yeah, there's the, more yeah. antelope than there are people, for sure. I mean, yeah. Uh, but there's a lot. There's a lot in our state here in South Carolina where you just drive along and there's nothing but there, swampland or trees, and yeah, it's like, okay, well, the, yeah, the cities are are populated, but like there's all this other land where nobody's at that we could still live in. I mean, it's not a exactly. it's not an idea of lack of land right now. More more, I guess, of what I'm saying is lack of jobs. Sort of like okay, let's let's Man, think about this. You know, innovation innovation always happens somewhere along the way, and things have come up. But innovation has happened rapidly in the last hundred years mm-hmm. with cars, televisions, radios, computers, supercomputers. We now have flat screen TVs. I mean, but in our lifetime, in our lifetime, mm-hmm. okay, I'm, I'm 45, you're 42, okay, in our lifetime, you know, I, I remember having a 13 inch black and white TV and that was considered the nicest of the time. Mm-hmm. And, and now it's no big deal to have a 70 inch flat screen. Or several of them. Or several of them. <laughs> and in the next 45 years, where is that technology going to grow? And I, I, in a way, I'm sort of nervous of the fact that, that people are going to stop buying things because they're like, why would I want to buy another one? I've got these. I, these, work for, these work just fine. You know, and, and there, is the, there is the pushback from people of buying things that are, that are assembled broken. You know, the idea of I'm going to buy a fridge and, and I know within 10 years it's going to be dead. Yeah. Where back in the day they'd make a fridge that lasted you 30, 40 years with no problems. Then they figure out, hey, 
We are going to run ourselves out of business. Yeah. We're making it too good. So, I mean, you know, it, there, there is the idea of are we going to run out of jobs at some point and, and then have to look to other countries to go, well, let's just start up something in one of these countries that aren't doing as well and, and maybe grow from there. I think, I think that uh, catastrophes and illnesses and all this somehow will control a population for some reason. I think that um, it's just... That's very possible, yeah. It just won't happen. I think the nature and everything else, it just won't happen. It just just won't happen. And it's funny, um, you know, like the you ever read like the Illuminati's and all that stuff, and they, they have these things where there is written, don't, don't let the world's population exceed this number. Yeah. I think there is something in place not to let it. I, I have a lot of theories about... Um, that's that's another probably podcast, but oh yeah, yeah, uh, no, I, I, oh, I, I definitely want to have another podcast mean, with you. I don't mean to say it like that, but stuff. <laughs> Elon Musk just scares me. He scares I, he fascinates me and he, terrifies at me at the same time. I don't. I think he is sponsored by the government. I don't know if this one, but some. Um, he has a company that just strictly researches how to download your brain into a computer. Yeah, why would the singularity. you? Singularity. So why would you? Why would you want to have that capability? Capability of doing that. Well, everybody. This is like you said. This is a whole other podcast we get into. But um, why? I, I mean, I think that's because you want to live forever. So if yeah. you can clone your body and recloning and making new and keep right. putting a brain in it. So I think the elites are getting ready for to live forever. I think there's everything. the hope. I think that, that everybody, nobody wants to face their own mortality because there's the fear of what's next. And, but and you don't want to cross over that fear. Be, uh, we, we won't have we won't the be the same person. Right. We won't. We won't. Oh. Elon Musk might clone himself yeah. and relearn and live forever and some elite. I, I know I'm... Maybe. I, I, this is my wife Maybe. is going to be so mad because she thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> that. But, but, but think about it. Why, if you can, like... Download your brain into a computer and then yeah. possibly reload it back to new body. Then you are in more. Well, why would you need a body? Uh, here we go. Real I mean, brain. it could be the the brain in the <laughs> with artificial intelligence. I mean, they've in the few instances that they've made an artificial intelligence, they realize that it can absorb all the information that's in the world in a matter of seconds, um, and not only that, but self learn. Mm-hmm. In a rate that is exponentially faster than we can do, and, and you're right, and it doesn't forget any of the information. It's all on hard drive, and you're perfectly so they can, right. This they could can be instantly imagination. It doesn't bring everything they know to, have to life. The bodies. We, my brain, our yeah. brain, and everything might made us think we have hands, brain, body, uh, and we are experiencing wind and sun, and what, what, it can be all brain initiated. Yeah. And, I don't want to go into this because my wife Listen, this is a whole other podcast. Yeah. We're going to pick this up again. I would like to say that that one of the first times you and I rode together, I knew that right away I wanted to talk to you more was uh, we were riding to the beach, and you were like, I hope you like this, this, this kind of stuff, but I'm going to listen to this weird radio program. <laughs> and right away it was this guy talking about being abducted by aliens, and they picked me up from my tractor. And, <laughs> and I was like, I, "That's funny." oh, he's one of my that. people. I'm going to dig this. This, this, is, fu- this is funny. You, you like turn it down at some point and go, this is crazy, right? I was like, I like it. You're like, yeah. Coast to coast. Coast to coast. Um, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I want to hang out with you on more and talk more because this is great. I love those stories. I love So them. listen, I, we're going to wrap this up because we've been about over an hour. It's an hour and 10 minutes. Wow. Um, but I, I do want to do this again. I, I kind of wanted this to be like the first time that you do it. And, and I was very curious about a lot of the stuff that you talked about. And I thought, well, if I'm curious, surely other people are curious, too. And it is interesting to think about. Um, like I said, growing up in a different part of the world and realizing at some point that 
you know, holy crap, you know, I've met someone who's from the other side of the world and, and now lives here. And, and it's, it just fascinates me. The whole idea fascinates me. The language change fascinates me. I, I've asked you in the past, you know, yeah. when you dream, is there a certain language you dream in? Or is it like, that's good. I've been in America now. I just, I just dream in English now. Or is it like back and forth or? I, I will have to pay attention to it next time I have a dream. I mean, it's just, but it's, honest with you. I know it's, it's stupid, but it's, it, that's how my brain works is I'm, I'm curious about the things that, that nobody really talks about, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I I never paid that. I never paid attention. If I if you can remember, if I can remember a dream, which been I can even think last time when I could remember a dream or had one. Well, you have one every night. You just yeah. don't remember it, or you know, few of, uh, every night. But um, I I will have to pay attention and think about it next yeah. time I remember one. So anyway, um, I did want to get this done and uh, you know get the first one out of the way because I, I feel like we could um, do this again if, if you're if you're comfortable. I am definitely it. comfortable. I, I, I was a little nervous, didn't know, but yeah. uh, you led me the right way. Like you had a few questions and then, you know, things come to my head that I could uh, talk about on top of that and and one topic leads, leads to another and uh, I got to say I had a super great time and I definitely, <laughs> I, I did enjoy it. I wish well, I... And the idea is, like I said, just a conversation. Yeah. No, and it doesn't have to be about anything. Like you, you can really drive this, this thing wherever great. you want. This yeah. is great. I feel like I don't have to talk the rest of the day. I got everything. <laughs> so my wife is safe and she comes home from work. And, <laughs> You're like, oh, thank yeah. God you went to talk to Josh today. You know? No, um, I, I enjoyed it and I'm... Um, thankful and and thank you for having me all right well hey everybody uh if you want to uh give Jan a shout out you can reach out through my connections and i'll let him know that you've said hello or whatever or if you have any questions like like send me a message i know that uh one of the sponsor things i use on this is the uh the anchor sponsor where it has voice messaging and you can you can leave a question and i'll figure out how to input it in here I'm, i'm learning that technology but i'll do it um, if you have a question you want to write us, uh, look at the Stuff I Heard podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, um, and give me some feedback. So anyway, uh, to the YouTube folks, I'm waving at you. Bye. And we're going to sign off from here. Um, thank you for uh, listening, and uh, please feel free to share and rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. And uh, this is where my wife likes me to say, cue the cow. <laughs>